0: You know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any of the because I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know. I would have said, I would love to move what you're Even spot. though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation,
1: what it all means. Can I make a difference or something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible,
0: stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through, on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere
1: in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between found myself in between yeah I found myself in somewhere in between the in between fantasy football podcast so one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related do what you can to
0: become a better person to become a better human
1: all right, and here we go back on the In-Between Fantasy Football Podcast, your destination for both some feel-good life and lifestyle advice combined with some mediocre fantasy football advice as well. I'm your regular host, Seth Woolcock, joined by my usual accomplice here, Nate Polvo. Nate, what's up, brother?
0: What's up, man? Uh, it's 100 degrees here right now, and it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, It's a, it's
2: to- a dry heat.
0: Yeah, That's true. It is. I don't know, man. It's actually, it feels more humid than it is. We have a swamp cooler. So like that makes our house super humid too, but I'm in
1: the, I'm in the basement. It's like an ice box down here, which thank God. Awesome. Awesome. The dog days of summer are approaching guys. Um, today it's Wednesday, June 16th. If you're listening to the pre-recorded audio version, it's Friday, June 18th. Today we have a special edition of the show today. We're going to be talking about dynasty fantasy football. Usually, this is a redraft-focused show, but we wanted to bring a little bit of Dynasty to today's show to give some advice for some newer players or some players who traditionally focus on redraft. And to do that, um, we wanted to bring in a very special member of the In Between Media team, someone who has over 15 years of Dynasty fantasy football advice, none other than Gary Zamaripa. Gary, what's up, brother? Seth, Nate, glad to be here. This is good times. What's up, man? Good to have you. Good to see your face. It's been too long since I saw your face. Likewise. Yeah, exactly. Tonight, guys, we have a very special show for everybody. Um, We have Gary here. We're going to be joined by another Inbetween Media staff member later on in the show. Um, We're also going to be unveiling a new segment back in the day. Super excited about that. Um, Our normal uh, co-host, Scott Rainier he couldn't join us tonight. So I hope he's doing well out there in Seattle stupid Um, day jobs exactly exactly who needs a man waste of time (laughs) yes sir yes sir (laughs) so guys we have a lot to cover um a lot of dynasty a lot of redraft to get to and i think there might be no other better place to start with than our headline hijinks
0: I'll never get tired of watching Cam Newton. Slip.
2: I was just gonna it say cracks that. me up every time I
0: see it. I love it. If yeah. you're if you're if you're listening to the audio version, the intro video has Cam Newton slipping down on the bench, and it's it's funny.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Shout out to our guy, Nate Miller, who creates all those drops for us, and our guy third and short who puts those into video form. We appreciate you, fellas. So, guys, since the last time we talked, there has been quite a bit of fantasy football news. Um, starting with none other than Julio Jones, a few weeks back, he was traded to the Tennessee Titans. Definitely one of the the teams that was on the list. A.J. Brown, the young gun receiver there, he was doing some recruiting out there um, to get Julio Jones in the building. So, Nate, I want to start with you, man. What is your headline for Julio Jones heading to the Titans here in 2021?
0: So a Titan among receivers now in Tennessee um, reason. I, the reason I went with that specifically was because I think people really are not understanding how not done Julio Jones is like, he's still got gas in the tank, man. And how good was Ryan Tannehill with that Corey Davis, AJ Brown pairing last year. And then, they, you know, they had Adam Humphreys. They didn't use John who as much as I think we all would have liked to have seen, but dude, you just gave him another weapon. You just gave Ryan Tannehill another weapon, an elite weapon. Julio Jones is an elite weapon. When he's on the field, he's probably one of the top, the five best receivers in all of football. And I will fight you if you disagree with me.
1: <laughs> and Nate, I, I think a lot of people, they kind of classify. Julio Jones with that A.J. Green type of feel because they kind of came in the league around the same time, A.B. Antonio Brown as well. But, you know, when you actually look at the numbers of Julio Jones, guys, he averaged 16.2 PPR points last season in nine games. So uh, take out two games that he left early and only played about 25% of the snaps. And he was averaging uh, over 19 fantasy points per game, PPR that is. Um, That's only behind three wide receivers. That's Tyreek Hill Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams one spot above Calvin Ridley so he was still when healthy at full health he was still a top five fantasy wide receiver yeah G- Gary what what is your take here on Julio um y- you with your with your vast dynasty experience here Gary you've seen wide receivers like this hold value over you know decades so 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 what advice do you have for us here as we approach Julio Jones not just in redraft but also in dynasty this season so yeah, I had I had in my
2: last in between media article. It was a uh, feature featured uh, Julio Jones, and and uh, you know redraft like Nate was just saying. He's a he's a top top ten guy. He's going to get you points every week. He he's still Julio Jones. You know, people kind of you know, they discount him because he's getting older, but he's thirty two. I mean, that's not mm-hmm. that's not old. And then even for for dynasty, if I had a contender, I would go after him, and I would trade a if I could if I could get a second round an early second round pick. Give for him, or maybe kind of an unproven, like a rookie or second-year guy that people are really high on mm-hmm. the, to a contender. I, I would definitely do that, and I would. Um, in fact, I definitely did. I traded him for Odell Beckham and some. And it was in a package, but that was kind of the the comparison there. So mm-hmm. Odell's younger, and he has a pretty high ceiling as well. But I, you know, I just wanted to make sure I had that sixteen point two points per game with Julio.
0: Well, I think that's. I I know people. In dynasty format, people are obsessed with youth. and I get that sure when you're trying to build a long-term winner, but you can't forget about the fact that if you want to win this year, like Tom Brady, I Ooh, would love exactly. That. I'd love to have Tom Brady coming yep. into the 2021 yep. season because I'm always in win now mode. Yes. hundred percent of the time. I don't care. I just picked up uh, um, an orphan and I've got Julio Jones, one of my wide receivers and I'm yeah. getting offers for him. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to keep him because I want to win this year. And yeah. Julio Jones is a guy who's going to help you win this season.
1: Yeah. And, and Nate, you know, we, we've been in a lot of uh, dynasty startups over the last couple of weeks here at In Between Media. And I I think in a a recent best ball draft, and I think if you're playing best ball, Julio Jones is very attractive because we know he has big games throughout his career. So, I mean, obviously, A.J. Brown's there. He's going to be the number one. Derrick Henry's also going to be the focal point of the offense. But I think it just makes the whole team better when you have a more explosive wide receiver like that. And I I think at the end of the day, like, I, I picked up Julio Jones, and I think it was, like, in the 10th round of a startup. It, that's it, beautiful. And, yeah, and he was like my fourth wide receiver. So he's going in my flex spot, and, and that's a great high upside guy to have in your flex spot. So anyone Absolutely. out there, um, it, as far as redraft goes too, I, we're still working on our redraft ranks right now, Nate. But I think Julio Jones is definitely going to be a mid-tier wide receiver too. And I wouldn't mm. be shocked if he finishes the season somewhere around that wide receiver 13 to 15 mark.
0: No, oh, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, I almost expect it, I think. If, I mean, and granted, if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, kind of like with AJ Green, if the dude can stay on the field, he's worth having on your on your roster. But yeah, I mean, redraft-wise, he's going to be great. He's going to yeah. be a fantastic – and you can get him cheap because people are sleeping on him.
1: Yeah, and are, are you guys worried at all? I've been a Calvin Ridley fan for a while. He was one of my all-in selections last season. Um, obviously, he had a top five – wide receiver finish last season um i'm not scared off by him at all because he he did a lot of his damage last season without julio jones on the field and now he's kyle pitts also who's gonna be lining up all over the place to draw off defenses as well so i i think really it's probably an an even split for uh for calvin ridley and and maybe even bumps him up a a spot or two in my ranks see i think yeah i agree bump him up a little bit but also don't forget about russell gage man
0: Yep. in that Atlanta offense. And that offense is going to be a different offense. They're going to be a better offense than they were last year. Matt Ryan, I said it, I sent out that tweet where I like basically I just hear receipts for takes I have. And if you remember, <laughs> I said, I think Matt Ryan will be an MVP candidate in 2021. So don't sleep on that offense. Calvin Ridley, Mike Davis, Kyle Pitts, Olomita Zacarias, even, I mean, these guys yeah. are guys that could have like real sleeper value.
2: Engage is really he's uh, cheap to get too. You can get yes. him in Dynasty for a, like third round pick probably, and then in redraft I mean, that would be like one of your last you know ten percent twenty percent picks you could pick yep. him up.
1: Absolutely, yep. guys. I- I'm really excited to see how Julio Jones plays out there mm-hmm. in Tennessee and how Ar- Arthur Smith kind of reshapes his Atlanta offense down in Atlanta. But we'll discuss that more later on um, throughout the off season. Uh, s- some more news coming in over the last couple weeks. Obviously, Jeff Wilson Jr., he has a torn meniscus. He's going to be out at least until November. So make sure he's off any rosters you have or in any IR spots in dynasty leagues that you may have as well. And then Raheem Mostert as well. You know, Mostert, he's been a very talented back the last few years, but he has struggled with health. Gary, what is your headline right now for this San Francisco backfield that, you know, only a couple weeks into OTA is already dealing with injuries once again?
2: All right. So uh, my headline. Kyle Shanahan on the state of the 49ers RBs. You can't make the club in the tub. So that's an old sports adage that pretty much means you're not going to be successful on the team if you're always injured. Yep. So um, I guess what kind of walking through um, most are. So 2018, he, he was broke his forearm about the eighth week injured reserve. 2019, he came back and he had that dream season. Um, helped lead the team to uh, Super Bowl, and you know, just was one of the one of the top guys at uh, running back that kind of came out of nowhere because he was the third stringer to start the season. So he, so he had to work his way up through other injuries ahead of him on the depth chart. And then 2020, we came in. You know, I came in really hot on him because I thought you know he yep. just got he got injured. He's or he didn't. He was you know he played. He was going to be good. People were still sleeping on him because of who he was. He came out of nowhere and um yeah he had injury issues again he had a sprained mcl and a high ankle sprain so he played Mm -hmm. only eight games but he did in those last two years he had um 5.4 yards per carry and he was like the second among rbs that have 100 opportunities in those last two years so he when he's healthy like we were saying with julio jones he can he can ball Mm -hmm.
0: but the thing is
2: that you can't It seems like you can't count on the guy because if you have him, you can't really know whether you can put him in your flex spot or your RB2 spot because he might be a day-to-day, he might be a game-time decision and
0: all that stuff that we dealt with last year. Well, and not to mention, that's a really crowded running back room in San Francisco, which makes me a little bit nervous, even with Jeff Wilson being hurt because you've still, you've got Trey Sermon, you've got Michael Hasty, you've got Willie
1: Gallman, like it's a loaded running back room. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think some of these guys, though, because of these injuries, are starting to become a value. You can get Wayne Gallman in your redrafts right now in the last round. I highly mm-hmm. recommend you pick him up in the last round. I, I think he's a really talented back. He had a stretch last season where he was an RB1 for about five or six weeks for the Giants behind a yes. subpar offensive line. So I, I think Wayne Gallman's going to be a value. And Trey Sermon's a guy who you know, like a lot of players in this league, I, I watch their college tape and I'm not overly impressed by it. I wasn't overly impressed by Trey Sermon, Sermon's top end speed, his shift ability, and even his backfield uh, c- catching as well. But I mean, right now he is a value. Like it, in dynasty leagues, he's going somewhere around the, the back half the sixth, early yeah. seventh round. And in redrafts, he's going in the ninth round. Like for a guy who could step into a role pretty early in the season – and I know we we've already at in between media we've planted our flag that Michael Carter might be the best value for rookie RBs, but he's going up boards now. Michael Carter he is going up. Yes, is he, going up. People have caught caught on to him, and Trey Sermon is out there for the taking. So I know we all have Scott Fishbowl coming up. He's a great target if you're punting RBs a little bit later, and I want to be afraid to grab like Sermon and Mostert. Or, or sermon and Goldman. I don't want three of them, but I, I would grab two of them just to see maybe if I had that running back, because we know one thing with Kyle Shanahan, he's going to run that zone run scheme all over the place. And there's going to be a lot of fantasy value to go around. We just don't know who it's going to be. Yep. Well, I think that picture will
0: become more clear as we get, we get into training camp. We're going to start to figure out kind of where these players are landing. I think Trey Sermon is probably going to be really good.
2: I'm on. I'm in the Trey Sermon camp as well. I mean, they they moved up in the third round. They gave two fourth rounders to move up and take him. So that says a lot what they think about the long term right. yeah. viability of uh, Mostert A. And then, and they like you said, there's a lot of guys on the on the roster. They didn't need to spend that kind of resources to get a guy that they don't believe in. Right. So would I see Seth? I would do the same thing. I would go Mostert if I could get Mostert and Sermon. And then when, if Mostert gets hurt, then you, my my thought is Sermon's going to get in there and he's going to, he's going to, he's never going to give that job back until, you know, there's until he gets hurt or if something, you know, next year, if there's another new draft pick or something. So I'm in on
1: that.
0: You know, I like, and this is one that I forget about, um, Elijah Mitchell Yeah, is a guy that people aren't talking about, but they, I mean, they went out and they got him in the draft. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. don't, you don't draft players that you don't believe can make your team. They did
2: take him in the sixth round, so I guess Terrell, that's one thing. But
0: Terrell Davis, was, Davis. A, was a sixth-round draft pick, man. Right. Don't ever right. forget and, that.
1: And Elijah Mitchell, he, He's a guy. He's free in all redrafts, and he's also in in a lot of dynasty rookie drafts. He's also he also has the ability to not go to not be drafted in those as well. Yeah, so, you can
2: get him in the fifth round. Yeah, I, I, all I waivers.
1: I've picked him up in uh, off waivers right after the draft a couple times in some of these shallower leagues. So, guys, I'm really excited about the San Francisco backfield. We'll touch more on that later in the offseason season as well. And in other news, guys, um, Aaron Rodgers, he's a no-show to OTAs. Jordan Love, for the first time in – Since he's been a Packers, we saw him take some snaps. We've heard good reports out of beat reporters for the last couple weeks, and he finally took the podium. And he actually had some some hard questions coming at him about Aaron Rodgers, and he really did a nice job for for a young kid diverting those questions and saying the right things. I've been impressed with Jordan Love. My headline hijinks for this is Rodgers in love with new lifestyle. Fantasy managers should be in love with Love's current value. So right now, guys, Jordan Love, and again, this is speculation. We don't know what's going on. Uh, Obviously, it looks like either A, Rogers is going to have to get a contract extension. That's what he seems like he wants if he comes back, or B, he wants traded. So one of those two things is likely to happen. So either A, Jordan Love's value is going to go up or it's going to plummet. Um, right now in in, in dynasty drafts, uh, according to sleeper, he's at a, about 152 ADP. So you're looking about in the 12th round, and that's in super flex leagues. So this is a guy who could play play this season. And and Rodgers doesn't have to report. I don't remember what week it was that he has to report, but I know love could step in for those first couple of weeks as well. Um, and in redraft super flex leagues, he's going 166 as well. So wow. Jordan loves a value to me. I I think whether you're doing some Scott Fishbowl mocks, whether you're out there in dynasty leagues, he's a guy I'm targeting. To be honest, um, wh- where are you guys at on, on Jordan Love? And and like I don't want to get into too much of the speculation talk, but where are you at on Love and and some of these other Packers? Gary, starting with you, man.
2: I mean, he's a tremendous value. Like you said, that's that's a it's a little bit of a gamble. But by the time if if Rogers does end up going back then nothing's lost you know you a late round pick and if he does and if he does force his way out or he retires or whatever the other scenario may be then you've got yourself a you know a starting quarterback at dirt cheap prices he way worth the gamble to me
0: yeah i mean it doesn't hurt yeah go after him especially that adp like he's not your top he's not gonna be your top two quarterbacks right he's gonna be a guy that at worst, if you if he's playing, if he does start and he's playing awful, you have to play him on a bye week where you're quarterback needy. If he doesn't play at all, you get rid of him and you can you can stream quarterbacks for that third spot if you need to do it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think Aaron Rodgers is gonna be back. I don't necessarily think he's going to Denver. I think he might retire, but I don't think he's playing in Green Bay. It's a possibility. I mean, okay, and I know there's been a lot of talk about this. And I know we didn't want to get too much into the speculation, but this is a dude who cut his family off. Mm -hmm. and does not speak to them and he's been very steadfast in i don't like them i'm not going to talk to them yep they're out of my life as a very public person doing that and to be able to maintain that dude his beef with the packers he will never wear green and yellow again it won't happen it will not happen
1: i'm not gonna get into projecting that but i i I will say like nate I, i think you did hit it like aaron Rodgers is a different cat and yeah dude green bay's owner came out and said that um, over the weekend or general manager that is, excuse me. And it probably wasn't the best thing for him to say the way he worded it, but like Aaron Rodgers is a different cat. He's, he's been down in Hawaii and different places with miles Teller and his new girlfriend as well. So uh, or fiance, so that's been fun to see and he could get this jeopardy job and step away. But guys, we will continue to cover this throughout the off season. But right now, if you're in dynasty startups or if you're in any type of league, Um, Look at Jordan Love. Just look at him in the late rounds. Like Gary said, it's not going to hurt you if you grab him in those late rounds and Rodgers does come back. And best case scenario, you got a value on a starting quarterback in the double digit rounds of your dynasty league. Yeah, exactly. So with that all said, guys, I do want to move into our newest segment of the show. It's called Back in the Day, and this is going to be a Gary-specific segment. We're going to be bringing Gary on throughout the season to do some different spots and bring his his knowledge from not just football but, but from life that he can bring to us. So why don't we fire up Back in the Day?
0: Make them like this way back in the day Took a shot, couldn't miss way back in the day Couldn't predict how it could all change Don't you ever forget how far we came How far we came Never forget how far we came How far we came Remember how it was way back in the day
1: All right. So we're going back in the day, folks. And Gary, with some new players, um, Dynasty joining every year, it's becoming a very popular format over the last five or 10 years. You've been playing for about 15 years or so. So what are some of the biggest trends you can tell to some of the newer players that you've witnessed over the last 15 years that can still be applied to today?
2: Okay. First of all, I want to say I love that intro. I played those video games. I had those cassettes, and I watched movies from those uh, VHS tapes. Awesome. So, <laughs> so, whoever whoever did that, <laughs> is spot on. Okay. So yeah. So like you said, I have been playing a really long time, and um, there was a great when you posed this question. I started thinking, well, what is different? So I kind of looked at all of the different position groups to see what's different from when I started from what's like popular now. So, um, so starting with quarterbacks right now, the kind of the, the strategy would be to wait a little bit on quarterbacks, load up on receivers, load up on running backs, uh, maybe get a tight end early, one of the top ones, if you can, and then you can always pick up a quarterback, you know, later in the mid to late rounds and you'll be fine.
1: Single QB, right, Gary?
2: Single QB. Yes, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, thank you. So, um so I started looking though, but I remember when I started the the quarterback was a pretty, it was a six, we have a six point per uh, passing touchdown um, scoring system. And, if you look at whoever won every year, like we take the the winners of all the leagues I was in my group and it would be always one of the top guys. It was like a Peyton Manning or a Drew Brees or, or and every now and then you'd get like a guy that was in there, like Roethlisberger or somebody that had a a good year, like Roethlisberger. then, you know, where he was he was still really good, but he wasn't like an elite kind of thing. So, so I always think that that, and so in now in a lot of my leagues, I, I, I don't mind like I, in rookie leagues, I drafted Patrick Mahomes. I have Larry, our, um, Jackson, Lamar Jackson. I have all those guys. So, um, Russell Wilson, I, I, I stocked up on high, you know, top running backs and I, and I, I did get lucky cause I, I picked him at second round. It was before we really knew, but I don't mind throwing a pick, you know, an early or mid second round pick at a quarterback just to see what happens. Yeah. I also drafted Dwayne Haskins a lot of places. So, you yeah. know, so it's not, it's not an exact science, yeah. but so, yeah. so, so pretty much now I, you know, so I always, I like having the top quarterbacks. We've had, um, Patrick Mahomes sold. Um, I mean, um, traded for three first-round picks and something. You know, wow. I mean, I'm from Kansas City, so you, everyone yeah. that I play with is there. But still, that's a huge return on investment. Uh, running back position. It's interesting that they're just as valuable now as they were then. Like that's always been the top pick. It's always been the one everyone's going after. Um, it, nothing's changed there. That's just all the same. And that is including the introduction of superflex and. Uh, mm-hmm. PPR, you think that's supposed to lift your wide receivers up, but it kind of didn't really as much. Um,
0: well, and so. it makes sense too, though, with how the passing game has evolved in the NFL, and you're seeing running backs get far more involved in the passing game now. Yes. Yes. So, not only are they getting the carries and the yards, and the lion's share of the touchdowns in most offenses, but now with the PPR format, you're you're stacking points with those catches.
1: Yes.
2: So, um, wide receiver that's one that really kind of hasn't changed much either, either. Like, they've been they have a long career and they can play a long time. So, if you get the right guy, you can plug him in your lineup forever. Um, my very first dynasty league, I drafted um Larry Fitzgerald in his second year wow. and then Chad uh, Johnson Ocho Cinco yeah. in like his third year. So, I really had both of those guys like for six or seven years, just solid one, two, never took them out of my lineup. And I was able to stock up on, I didn't have to have all those mid range, you know, questionable wide receivers. I was able to stock up on a lot of backup running backs, you know, on my roster. So those guys actually turned into starters eventually when they got traded or, or something got hurt. So, um, so that's kind of been the same thing. Um, I think, you know, it's kind of one of those positions that people wait to draft on um, now, wide yeah. receiver. Um, so tight ends, this one that kind of blew my mind. I started thinking they are way more valuable now. And I don't know. I know just the top couple, two, three guys, Waller and Kelsey and um, Kittle maybe. But back, back when I started, I don't remember. I just, it was like a throwaway position. It was almost like your mm. kicker. You just, you just had to have one. So you just mm-hmm. got somebody whenever and plugged him in. And now they can be a difference maker. If you have one of the top guys like Waller and, and Kelsey
0: will win you, win you games. Dude, Waller for sure. Oh and Kelsey and Kittle yes but like oh I love Darren Waller sorry you got me all excited you said his name.
1: Uh, (laughs) You're you're right and and do you think it's just because like back in the day there weren't like these high-end tight ends that were catching nearly you know 100 receptions or going over a thousand receiving yards like if it wasn't for Travis Kelsey's missed game at the end of you know week 17 or whatever it was last season he would have led the league in receiving yards like Was there not that back in the day when you started playing, you think?
2: No, there wasn't, or else it would have been more of a thing, I think. It was just kind
1: of funny when I started. You know, you don't think about stuff like this until you start
2: thinking about it, right? And I was like, yeah, it was just a throwaway. Just make sure you have a kicker. Make sure you have a tight end.
1: Make sure you have a defense. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, unless you got a dude like Shannon Sharp, I mean, there really wasn't anybody else at the tight end position.
1: There was a lot of touchdowns. I feel like there were guys like Greg Olson and yeah. guys like Antonio Gates, Vernon Davis, who maybe would get a lot of touchdowns. But I feel like the the receptions and the yardage for for me, I feel like at least you know only playing the last eleven years or so specifically redraft. But I feel like that's been Ant- Antonio Gonzalez as well. He's another one. But oh, yeah. but but like I, Gary, I think I think you hit it head on, man. Like like tight ends have definitely become a difference maker. And I'm trying to grab an elite tight end wherever I can in dynasty, whether it's, you know, I haven't hit a lot of those top three guys. I haven't really been able to afford that, that yet, but I have TJ Hawkinson everywhere. I can get him. I have a a decent amount of Mark Andrews as well. All right. Um, guys, moving forward here, Gary, thank you so much for that. Uh, back in the day knowledge. Um, I also want another part of this segment is Gary's going to throw it back to, some sort of lifestyle trend that we would see back in his day that we don't really see enough of today. So Gary, what do you have for us today?
2: Well, I actually gave this a lot of thought and I I looked at a lot of things and um, it has to be disco. Like, right. You want to bring disco back the clothing, the dance, the music, the cocaine, all of it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Kidding. (laughs) So, um, You know, the one thing I thought of is like, there's not enough like the John Hughes type movies, things that yeah. you can just sit down and watch and turn your brain off and just laugh. And, and it's over Dude. in like an hour and a half and you feel good when it's over with and you just had a good time. Some of these movies now are not even movies, mm-hmm. but some, you know, everything's like a series and, and you have to yeah. understand who all the people are and who fit into what role and who that guy was. And then there's a flashback to when they were a kid and you got to figure out who the kid was related to the older. Per- and then, you know, God forbid you, you take a couple days off from watching it and then you're like, were we on episode eight or nine? I don't know, you know. So, (laughs) you know, just and so there's a lot of thinking that goes on, and I don't want to think, you know. By the time I'm settling in on the couch, I just want to sit there and
0: just, just smile. John Hughes is is an all-time great man. My favorite Christmas movie of all time is Home Alone. John Hughes, baby. I mean, I grew up on like Gary, same as you, like 16 Candles and. Sixteen candles and well, I've I I a
2: list, you know, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes. Okay. And we I didn't know saw... he wrote the vacation movies too. Christmas European and the you know the original, which okay. I, I
1: guess I didn't know that either. Interesting. What what was the movie John Kuzak with, with the with the, the I, uh, uh uh um say anything? Yes, is it that, say anything? It, Is that a, that's probably not a John Hughes movie, but it gives me those types of vibes. Yeah.
2: And that's the kind of movie I'm talking about. It doesn't have to be all funny. It can just be, it can be some emotion like that, but it's just something that you just feel good when it's over. You know, like the guy gets the girl or the girl gets
0: the guy, whatever the the situation may be. Kind of like, kind of like Deadpool.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Except for a little different.
1: (laughs) A little, just a little different, but the same. Gary I, I love that man because I was introduced to like The Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink kind of all, all those types of movies at a pretty young age and I fell in love with them and like I know my brother and sister they're, they're a little bit younger than me and they like those too but I definitely feel like like I have a younger cousin she's about 12 and I feel like if I said The Breakfast Club or any of these movies she'd be like what are you even talking about but
2: but if you showed it to her, she would probably watch it and think, wow, this is pretty cool. I think it's still yeah. relatable after all these years. I mean, I, yeah, for sure. It is.
1: It is. It is. That's great, man. Hopefully, over the time, we continue to to bring these movies back. Some of these feel good. Um, Just kind of let it all ride out type of movies, though. But, Gary, I appreciate that, man. You you killed this uh, first back in the day segment, man.
2: Yeah. Glad to, glad to help.
0: There's I fun. love
1: it. I love it. I love it. I'm looking forward to more of it. Absolutely, we'll be we'll be bringing Gary back for back in the day throughout the season. So stay tuned for that. Um, we do want to round out the show with weekly advice.
0: Weekly. weekly.
1: all right everyone so we normally for week weekly advice we like to mix feel good life advice with fantasy sports advice um this week being our dynasty episode we wanted to bring in one of our dynasty analysts from in between media none other than mike tolonco at the third mike Mike. (laughs) what up all right right, mike this is your first time on the in between fantasy football podcast man i have known you for a couple years now but why don't you give a quick introduction to our audience
3: oh man i am at the third mic from from what i can read and and, uh yeah so if you want a fantasy introduction i've been playing for probably about 10 years now this will be my 10th season dynasty for close to half that time um and plenty of redraft and uh yeah. Big into, big into metal, big into fantasy, uh, big into, uh, analyzing things from a little bit of a different lens than, than your typical, like, you know, X's and O's. So mm-hmm. you'll, you'll catch that tonight. I'm sure.
1: A- absolutely. <laughs> and and Mike does have a column with us at in between media decisions, decisions. Uh, you, you kind of break down a little bit of fantasy theory in there. If, if I'm right on that, Mike, uh, it's like
3: fantasy theory slash life theory. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I try to give you some life nuggets in there. You can you can choose to do with them as you please, right? Just like everything else in life. But <laughs> uh, but I've I've lived a very vibrant life. So I'll leave it at that. I, <laughs> so I, if you could take anything from it,
1: please do. Absolutely, Mike. Well, we appreciate having you on today. The purpose of bringing you on, Mike, is you're somebody who I feel like really does understand the difference between Redraft value and dynasty fantasy football value. And that's something one of the big reasons I wanted to have this show is because I'm in a newer dynasty league. Um I've been playing Dynasty. I think this is going to be my fourth season, but I'm in a league with uh some, some guys from my home league who have specifically played redraft for the last 10 years of our lives together. And we've been in this league, and a lot of people have said. We've had some trades recently, but up until our rookie draft, there weren't a lot of trades going around. And people said, I'm kind of afraid to make trades because I don't understand the difference in value between redraft and Dynasty. So, Mike, can you do your best to kind of break that down for newer players in Dynasty?
3: Yeah, sure. I mean... It- When I think of redraft and Dynasty, the big difference, right, is in redraft, you're making a bet on a player, right, for one season that they're going to do well or that they're going to maybe pop here and there week in and week out. Dynasty, it's like it's a bit of a bigger bet, right? So instead of putting a couple chips in on a player, right, uh, for this for this hand, like you're playing for like poker hands down the line, Um, you're you're putting a, a lot more money in. Um, and you have to think of each player as a as a long term investment versus um, versus a short term investment, even if you don't plan on keeping them around. Um, because you, if you're not, you're going to look to get that value out of them. That's going to make them still count as like a, a long term investment or a long term play for you.
1: So, so, Mike, as far as positions go here as well, like yeah. obviously. Running back is king in redraft. Like you need to sure. stock up on an RB. It, it, it's extremely, there's a reason. There's a the, the hot debate about zero RB truthers out there. Um, what's the biggest difference you think between value between the running back and wide receiver position when it comes to dynasty specifically?
3: Yeah. So look, everybody's got a different theory, a different take on it. Um, and, and one of the things I'll tell you up front is that I think it's really important to be open to a diversity of thought when it comes to this. Now, you know, after years of playing and and studying Mm -hmm. people that I really like, believe in, and I've seen their success and that sort of thing, I, I've come to the conclusion between like, wide receivers and running backs that, you know, uh, I consider a, a wide receiver, like a more of a long term play, right? Like you're, you're looking for somebody who is is going to be there for you for a while uh at wide receiver if you're going to acquire someone whereas running backs um typically they're churn and burn right you get a, you want to get them young um and then and then make sure that you're able to move on from them before they get to that point where all of a sudden they're in a committee or you know you got todd girly knees <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> i have one of those myself so i understand his pain <laughs> but yeah you, you you want, you definitely want to get them while you, while they're young and be able to turn them over. You know before their perceived value is lower. Um, there's a there's a big difference between, in my mind, value and perceived value as well.
1: Nate, as a newer dynasty player, have you witnessed that at all lately? Like wide receivers going a lot earlier in your dynasty leagues rather than your redraft leagues. Like, I'll be honest, guys, I've been in a dynasty league and like. I, Justin Jefferson is my guy. It's like I've been gunning for him in whatever dynasty league I can get him, whether that's the first or second round. Nate, being a newer player, what, what have you witnessed? I, I know you've been in like something like 20 startups this offseason.
0: <laughs> oh, just like 19. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. So many of them have been IDP too, which just is a whole different wrinkle. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, wide receivers go a lot earlier in dynasty. Like, no joke. Like, it's you need to get on your wide receivers early because again, like Mike was saying, that's a long-term asset. These are guys that you're holding for six, seven years, not a running back. Who's going to be good for two to three. And then you're trying to sell him before he falls off a cliff, which makes sense to me. And as I'm learning this format, I mean, that's why I did so many startups. I'm like, I write about it. So I need to know more about it. And the more Mm -hmm. drafting I can see and the more roster construction, I can see the better I'm going to get at it. But I see that. And I'm going after wide receivers way earlier. Like, getting a second round wide receiver just the first time I did it felt weird. It was like, but I want Stefan Diggs Mm because I think that for the next three to four to five years in Buffalo, he's a difference maker. So I wanted him for the next three to four to five years. It's interesting. Dynasty is interesting. If you've never played it before, I highly recommend it. (laughs) It's so much fun.
3: Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ageism in dynasty as well too, so you'll you'll get that out yep. of a lot of people. I'm not your prototypical dynasty player. I I'm a big fan of those unsexy players that don't necessarily like. You're not going to get a lot in return if you trade for them, but they're great to get in throw-ins when you get them back. Um. Mm-hmm. So and uh, I think of somebody like last year, like a Cole Beasley, uh, was was yes. a great value. Like I got him yes, for dirt at, at the end of the season before, like literal dirt um i was like here you want some dirt and they're like yeah yeah here's cold <laughs> yeah, <laughs> beastings juiced up like a food truck and i'm like oh yeah sure uh, I'll, t- I'll take him right because he's gonna put up points uh like meaningful dy- like dynasty points on in your flex every week and there's a chance that he may boom or bust especially as we we saw you know last season it it worked out. Right. right um, so yeah. Some of those older players like him and, you know, I don't know how I feel about him this year, but historically, like Mar- Marvin Jones has been another one of those players. Like he just For doesn't sure. get the love, but he puts up he puts up points uh, and can get him, you can get him get him as a throw in or cheap to, to equal, you know, uh, the value that somebody sees in, in someone else. So those are the kind of players that I think are really important to to understand in dynasty mm-hmm. and, and to not be afraid to, quote unquote lose a trade today uh, yeah. to, to win a game or win a league, uh, you know, tomorrow. Um, and, and part of that draft strategy, I, I was like making faces at you, Nate, because, <laughs> you know, part of that draft strategy too, when you're, when you're looking at a startup, um, it's a little bit different than obviously rookie drafts, but when right, you're looking in the, in the, when you're looking in the startup draft, uh, part of what you need to do as well too, is obviously understand your scoring know the room. Um, Yes. It doesn't matter what type of league you're playing and understand the scoring. Know the room is super duper important, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Know who you're playing with. And, and the fact of the matter is, is, you know, if people are gobbling up wide receivers left and right, and there's, there's value to be had there at other positions, take it. Um, take the value at the other positions because there'll be a scarcity, uh, at one point when you're loaded up with, with those people. And even though it seems like a short term, like what the hell am I doing on my roster? Uh, sort of things. You've got a whole season, uh, to work, to work towards, you know, balance, finding that balance that you're looking for. Right. Um, And and quite honestly, uh, in the best advice I can give for anybody getting into Dynasty is to be in the mindset of competitive rebuild every year. Like you want to constantly be rebuilding and constantly be competitive. Um, You don't want to be a farm and you don't want to sell all of your assets that you can rebuild with uh, just to win. I've made that mistake. Don't do it (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to win one year. Right. And then like be terrible for the next you know, two or three years and have no picks and, and that sort of thing. Don't trash one of your leagues. Like, like I have, um,
2: so. I've done the same. I did the same thing. Mike. I was a contender and I thought, you know, I'm, I could win X amount of money or whatever. I'm going to do my first round pick to make sure I get the guy that, you know, that could help me win. And, and I won. And then I let next rookie draft. I didn't have, I couldn't pick anybody because I'd given yeah. all my picks away yep. and that team, It fell apart and I had to stop, you know, hoard picks at that point. And then I've eventually built it back up, but it's through the draft process. So I agree totally. Yeah.
3: It reminds me a lot of my youth. I'm like, uh, I could spend a bunch of money and go to like one concert that's going to be really freaking awesome this summer. Right. Or I could. I could take the money that I have and I could look at smaller shows, small venues and space mm-hmm. it out and have lots of memories for one summer, aka points, right, from your players. <laughs> um, I have lots of really cool memories and plug them in and make a hell of a summer or a hell of a team, right? Um by dispersing that value and, and finding where it makes sense um, you know, to place that value versus blowing it all on one, you know, one player just because I, I think there's not going to be anyone left. There's always going to be someone and wide receivers usually take like two or three years before they really blow up. You know, we've had like we've had that, you know, one or two seasons uh, here and there. where like, oh, my God, look at all these guys. They're crazy. But like last year, last year's kind of the norm. There might be like one or two that are super hot. And then everybody else, you know, they're going to take time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Like the C.D. Lambs and the Jerry Judy's Mm -hmm. like those guys are going to take a minute to develop. Not everybody can be Justin Jefferson. <laughs> I wish they could. I wish Jerry Judy was Justin Jefferson, man. Easy. CD Lamb <laughs> CD CD was pretty good off the rip. But, he, was, um, he was. Imagine how much better he's going to be with Dak. Healthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: A- absolutely. And, guys, I kind of want to round out this discussion a little bit. Gary, you had brought up tight ends earlier um, and, and kind of how the shift over the last 15 years or so has been that tight ends are way more valuable than they used to be. Um, Gary kind of starting with you and then going into Mike, what have you noticed with drafting rookie tight ends? Cause obviously we all know it takes at least two or three years before they're going to break out. Um, obviously Kyle Pitts, he's a little bit different this year. He's you know, <laughs> one of the highest regarded tight ends process we've seen in a while, but where are you guys with out, not Kyle Pitts, we're taking Kyle Pitts out of this equation, but like a normal tight end, a Hawkinson, a Fant. Um, a Mark Andrews, George Kittle, like these type of guys, when they first came in the league, like where were you willing to spend a pick on them? And, Cause like, obviously they're probably going to sit on your taxi squad for a, a season or two, at least.
2: Sure. Yeah. The, um, the guys that you mentioned specifically, so a lot of during that time when they were on their rookie draft years, I had been winning. So I was picking at the nine and 10 slot. Okay. So, I was give I was doing the 9 and 10 on them on Hawkinson. I I one time I I if I had a, I had the 9 and the 10 through a trade and I took Fant and Hawkinson back to back. I figured one of them's got to hit. Um but that was after the tight end position has already been a little bit more you could tell, you know, you wanted the you wanted the Kelsey type guy and I was just, you know, playing my odds. Now I'm not sure who I'm never going to go back and look at who I passed on to get both right. of those tight ends because that will just drive me crazy. Um but I also took OJ Howard at 10 years and... ago. And he's still on, and he and he, he can't. He's not eligible for taxi squads. So and now he's sitting on my bench, wasting a spot. But I won't cut him because next year is going to be the year, and then next year, the next year is going to be the year, and then maybe even the third year after that. So, but yeah, I, I'm I'm willing to go that that high. Um, when when Gronk first came out and uh, Jimmy Graham, just from being an older player, they were third round picks. In, oh, my, wow. in my rookie leagues, they, they kind of okay. came out of nowhere. So, you know, there's not, and you know, Tanyan, like we talked about earlier, he, another one that kind of remember even where he got drafted, but these were late picks. So the first round picks haven't always panned out, but I was always, I'm always willing to throw a, a late first at, at someone that's supposed to be a stud.
0: So you're telling me that my fourth round Brevin Jordan pick maybe wasn't as bad as I felt like it was.
2: You you just never know. Arian, you know, Foster, that- Arian Foster was a fifth round pick in our leagues when he mm. first came out, and he and he was a, a you know a bright shining star that just burned out quick. But he you know he gave us three or four years I think worth of top RB one performance, and he was like a just a throw in. People were just you know at the end of the draft when no one's paying attention,
0: he was one of those guys. So. You just you just never know what you're gonna see, man. I hope I get stuff to pan out like that from these rookie drafts. Right? That would be that would be so nice. I
2: mean, the, the reason I can even bring those names up is because it's so rare. I mean, it happened. You know, you, most of the time, uh, as you all know, it's just those are just guys you cut after the ta- taxi squad year, however long
0: you can keep them, a year two or three years, whatever it is. Uh, who else has drafted Trey McKinney?
1: Nope.
0: No. Am I the only one here that's drafted Trey McKinney? Pat
1: Friermuth, baby.
0: Uh, I've got the a little Lord. bit of fair, fair move, Um, but McKitty's been a guy like nobody's taken him. I mean, yeah. Okay, like fifth round of these rookie drafts, like I don't know any of these other names. <laughs> like I'm confused. I'm taking, and I like, well, first of all, I'm taking him, if I'm being honest, McKitty. Come on, that's a cool name. I just want to <laughs> see a dude in the NFL with the last name McKitty on his back catching like 10 touchdown passes in 2022, because okay. that sounds like fun. That's the I, dream,
2: Nate. That's the dream.
0: That's the dream. I, I can draft based think, on names. What am I twelve? I can think of all the terrible like name
3: puns already. Like, oh
0: well, yeah, <laughs> this is a family <laughs> show, Mike.
3: I know. <laughs> uh, I'm a family guy. No, <laughs> 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 but but like Peter Griffin. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> um, hey. So we were talking about tight ends, right. And, and drafting them and and thinking about it. So like if we're we're talking startup, um, I'm fully prescribed to the idea that if you don't get one of the top three, like forget it. Um, you, you, you might have to take some, take some bets on some people who have decent consistency over the seasons, but you're going to need like two or three of them and hope that you pick the right week and that they pan out. Um, and and really when you draft one of those top three tight ends, you're drafting drafting a wide receiver, right? Uh, that you get to put in a tight end slot from the scoring perspective. Um, and, and that's that's really what you're looking for. If you can't do that, um, and and we're looking at, let's say, rookie drafts. With rookie drafts, I, I take a gamble or two on a tight end, like in that fourth or fifth, mm-hmm. maybe late third, and just let them sit around forever. But I'm pretty patient. Uh, my suggestion is always that uh, every year someone newer and, and sexier and more exciting comes out, right? And people in Dynasty uh, can be patient, but tend to be impatient and love that shiny new toy especially if somebody disappointed or just didn't quite live up to that height that they were looking for. And tight ends tend to be something where you can, uh, you can plant that, uh, that carrot in someone else's garden and go get it uh, on the cheap a little bit later. Um, So, you know, you think about the time that it took for, for fans, even see targets. And it took like, it took people being broken uh, on the team, right. For him to see that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, uh same thing kind of happened to Hawk right in the first year to him himself. He had a couple of blow up games and then like he was hurt and some other stuff. Um, yep. Yeah. So like you can you can wait uh, on tight end and a, and a rookie draft and know that if there's somebody you like and they don't pan out in the first season, like have a few that you like and you feel good about. You can pick them up in their second, maybe third season before they really Mm -hmm. explode and develop while other people are kind of getting tired of them um, and and feeling blue about them, Uh, especially pay attention to your trades. You see somebody trade and get a higher end tight end and have some of these guys on their bench, um, take the opportunity to pluck them up.
1: Well, guys, I, I appreciate all the Dynasty fantasy football discussion today. It, it, it's been really great to talk about this after talking about redraft on and on and on. I hope our, our returning listeners and any new listeners really picked up some value from today's show. Um, Just to round it out, guys, I just want to go around the room real quick, starting with Mike. um, If you have any last-minute either Dynasty advice or just life advice as we head into uh, the back half of June here. Crazy to say, but um 2021 we're already about halfway through guys so mike starting with you man what either fantasy football advice or life advice can you leave our listeners with today
3: uh yeah i'll give you a couple of things here so fantasy football wise the best thing you can do is eliminate any sort of biases you have or anchors um anchors being like your predisposition to a player based on like one season keenan allen is a perfect example how everybody hated him because he's he's injury prone uh but we all know he's not Um, Mm -hmm. You know, eliminate that as much as you can. And honestly, that's life advice, too. Um, You can see you can meet new people. um, You can see somebody and and meet them in their worst moment or you can meet them in their best moment. And you can't necessarily allow that uh, to attach their overall value as a person to you in life. Um, It's it's easy to be upset by stuff or uh, get wrapped up in things early on and and not really allow the full picture to come to fruition and that's what you got to do in life and dynasty
1: i love that that, mike thank you gary what do you got for us man how do i follow that (laughs) and
2: that was deep and wide drink beer (laughs) (laughs) well first of all i do remember that's great advice i love it yeah all right i'll go with that um i do remember that from one of your uh one of your from your decisions decisions uh column and i really enjoyed that one so um it's a good, good memory to bring back for me because I, had, you know, you always space things out. Um, mm-hmm. Mine's not going to be anywhere near as cool as Mike's, but um, it, for Dynasty, just don't don't trade away all your picks for the flavor of the day. You know, if, if if you know Denzel Denzel Mims last year was kind of at the end of the season, he was having some hot hot run, and people were like, okay, we're getting Trevor Lawrence in here next time, he's going to be this great thing, and you could trade a first. I traded two second round picks for him just for a personal yeah. example. And, um, which I was like, okay, that'll be fine. It's a little high, but I want to get my guy. And then I'm thinking now, if I had those two picks, who knows who I could have gotten the second round from the rookies that would have been, you know, sometimes you're just going to miss a guy. And if you miss him, that's great. That's why you play more than one league. And then you can get him in another league if you really have to have him. So yeah, I I felt that was, and it could have panned out. It could have been a Justin Jefferson kind of a deal too, but you just try your odds with keeping your picks. Don't get to you know, everyone's like, oh, I want LaVisca Chenault because he's going to break out this year. And you, and he may, but you give two second-round picks, and those second-round picks you can get the next Chenault or the next Mims or the next whoever. So that's my advice.
0: I feel personally attacked, Gary.
2: I, I looked at you, and that's when I thought of Chenault. So I'm like, <laughs> i got to do this. <laughs> I
3: could
0: have picked anybody. <laughs> but I chose you. I see how
2: it
1: is, Gary. Uh-oh. Thought we were, we were in trouble. <laughs> All right, guys. I will round out today's discussion. Um, seriously, I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate everyone who's who's joined us um, tonight. Gary, I appreciate you, you and Mike jumping on with us. Nate, always appreciate your presence with us. And just thank you, everyone, for the continued support here in between media. Uh, we're about I want to say six days since our one year anniversary. So super thankful for all the support over this last year. We're we're going to continue to bring both feel good life and lifestyle advice, combining that with fantasy sports advice all season long. So hang around with us. If you would, please my final piece of advice is I tweeted this out a little bit earlier today, but I think it's a good thought. Not every day is going to be great. I know a lot of times we talk about positivity and we want to be, you know, push that as much as we can here in between media. But like, like this week has been, it's kind of been a hell week for a lot of people. Um, Me in particular, I've been at work a lot, my day job. I know Scott couldn't join us today specifically because of his day job. So not every day is going to be great. You know, some days are going to be a sack of shit, but you know, it's up to us as individuals to make it as good as it can be. So whatever you're going through, know you're not alone. Know that my DMs are always open. Nate's, Gary's, Mike's, everyone here in between media. We're here for you. We're going to continue to be here for you, but continue to make the best out of your day. Um, Whatever that day is, we appreciate you guys. Um, You know, know someone cares and and we definitely care about you. So thank you again for joining us on the in-between fantasy football podcast. Uh, Crazy to say it's already been episode nine of 2021. We'll We'll be back in two more weeks. Um, Be sure to follow us us all at our socials below You can find us at www.inbetweenmedia.com And anywhere on social media TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook At IBT underscore media If you're on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button It really does help us out We appreciate it guys We'll be back here in two weeks Um, But before then, keep it in between Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between in between fantasy football podcasts. So one thing that you know really sets us apart here is is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to
0: become a better person. To become a better human.